Hello, and welcome to the Elevate with Elena podcast. I'm your host, Elena, a certified self-love and codependency coach, aka your healing hype girl. And my mission is to help women learn to love and accept themselves fully, unconditionally, and wholeheartedly. First of all, I'm so proud of you for being here and showing up for yourself because that is truly the first step in realizing that you are meant for more and you deserve the absolute most fulfilling and abundant life possible. Second of all, I'm here to provide a space of non-judgment, vulnerability, connection, and trust by serving as a friend, guide, and mentor to help you get where you want to be in all areas of life, which all truly begins with the relationship you have with yourself. In this podcast, we will dive deep into topics like self-love, obviously, codependency, trusting yourself, confidence, relationships, boundaries, self-care practices, and so much more. I'll tell you right now, this isn't going to be some cheesy self-care podcast. We are going to get real, get raw, get honest, but also lean into the lightness and love that is in each and every one of us as we explore and elevate ourselves together. Think of this as a fun, juicy mix of self-awareness, growth, spirituality, and curiosity. So get ready for the ride of your life because your self-love journey is just that. The continuous, wild, emotional, exhilarating ride of your life. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of it. Welcome back to Elevate with Elena. I have such a special human with me here today. We have been wanting to record this for, I think it's been like at least a month or two. We met, well, I remember meeting you at least from a dance, ecstatic dance session for the full moon when I was here in Costa Rica last time in May. And I was so inspired by the way that she was so embodied with her movement and dance and the way she DJs and brings all of that together. It's such a beautiful masterpiece. So I was like, I need to talk to this human more and pick her brain and know where she comes from. So I'm super delighted to introduce my friend, my sister, Eliza Rivka. She is a DJ dance therapist and embodied practitioner and I'm seriously delighted to have her here so Lisa Mm. please introduce yourself to the listeners thank you Elena it's an honor to be here and I really love what you're doing in the world and what you're sharing and and your message of following your intuition and elevating your life and and really tuning into energy which is so much what dance is about. So it's mm-hmm. an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I'm Elisa and it's really an honor to be here. I've been living in Costa Rica for the last five years, which is wild to believe. And I'm originally from New York. I was born and raised in New York. I've, I've always been a dancer. I've been dancing for as long as I can remember. It's always been my the love of my life and my passion. And I'm so grateful that it's really become my life's work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've chosen to really devote myself to this path. I'm trained as a dance therapist and I can share more about that and what the sure. journey has been like. And now I'm here in Costa Rica guiding and DJing ecstatic dances in person, guiding women through empowerment journeys online and, and in retreats through dance movement and embodiment. Oh, so cool. Seriously. What you do, like being able to experience it is like unlike anything else. Like I highly recommend what you do and like being able to like be a part of that to anyone out there who's like interested in dance, music, therapy, how to feel empowered in your body and connected to your intuition. I feel like that's exactly what you're about. So thanks for seeing me. (laughs) Yes, I see you. I want to dive into like a little, let's call it like, it is like a little inspiration, something I'm kind of trying out. So I would love to discuss like something from the week that either felt like abundance or felt like love to you. And I can go first too. Okay. Yeah. Break the ice. So something that came up for me yesterday, I was at a cafe with a friend and we were talking and it felt like a moment of abundance because, which happens a lot, especially being in nature and in Costa Rica, you, I at least notice it more now that I'm here, but 
there were so many hummingbirds mm. and like colorful butter or not butterflies there were some butterflies but birds like birds I've never seen before colors I'd never seen before in birds and it was so cool like I kept getting like distracted by all the birds and the hummingbirds coming through and it felt like a moment of abundance because it was just like like there's so much possibility and opportunity out there that you don't even realize until you see it. And yeah, it just, it was really cool and magical to, see, to mm-hmm. witness. So I love that. Yeah. There's so much beauty here in mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Oh, so my moment this week was actually yesterday when I was having like cosmic joke level Wi-Fi issues. Like yeah. I woke up ready to work and like ready to dive in Monday morning and the Wi-Fi was out, which happens here in Costa Rica. All the time. It's happened to me too. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's just one of those things. So I decided instead of waiting it out, I decided to get in the car and drive up to my boyfriend's. um, There you go. Just 40 minutes away. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this morning time and go. And I was really proud of myself for not reacting. Like I was really Mm -hmm. choosing an abundance mindset of like, wow, okay, I get to go to this really cool place and, you know, go work at my boyfriend's and the car was full of coconuts. And, and it was just this moment of like, I could choose to react and be all huffy that the Wi-Fi isn't working. Right. Or I can be like, okay, I'm going to problem solve. And I have a car full of coconuts right now and I'm in the jungle and life is good. And it, it really felt like, you know, something I'm practicing right now, which is really choosing to see abundance in every moment. Mm -hmm. And of course there are challenges in life all the time, but our mindset is also really powerful. Absolutely. I think being able to see the abundance too in those hard moments is like the heart is the most difficult thing to do. Like you want to naturally react or tap more into like these habits that are instilled in us that aren't as productive, but yeah, you can just take a moment to like, take a step back, see how you want this to actually go for you and like switch the mindset, switch how you like the, the decision of like how you want it to go. I think it makes a huge difference and it can be more abundant instead of in that scarcity or lack mindset. So thank totally. you for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. Question. Yeah. So kind of opening the doors up to self-love because that's what I discuss a lot in all of my content. And it's something that's super close to my heart is working through my own journey with myself and my relationship to myself. I'm curious what yours looks like as far as how self-love has been defined in your life and how you define your relationship with yourself and the evolution of it all. I've got a question for you. How are you taking care of yourself? Every day, every week, every month. You know, a lot of us go to therapy, which is a great way to take care of our emotional health, our mental health. And some of us maybe get massages every month or get our nails done or do a little self-care with like a face mask every single week. There's so many different things that we can do for our self-care routine. I think something that's missed is how we reset and take care of our energy. That is why I personally love Reiki and why I practice Reiki because the energy and the things that get stuck in your energetic field and in your body, whether that be like trauma or emotions or other people's energy or things that we just do not need anymore, like we've outgrown, that all gets stuck in your energetic field. And the only way we can really tap into some of that or some of the, maybe the easiest way we can tap into that is through Reiki, through energy healing, because you focus on the seven main centers, the chakras of energy, and you cleanse, you allow energy to flow, you work through some blockages and stagnant points and let that all go. It's like a full body reset. And on the other side of it too like it makes you feel like you just got a massage or just took some time to meditate like it's so relaxing and rejuvenating there's nothing quite like it so if you've wanted to experience Reiki or you want to experience it again that is actually something that I offer and I do my energy sessions with an energy reading ahead of time I have you fill out a form so I kind of get an idea of where your energy is at before we actually meet I perform the energy healing the energy reading through the virtual platform zoom 
and then we can discuss anything that comes up. It's kind of like intuitive coaching and guidance at the same time. So it's like a, an all-in-one, one-on-one coaching session with energy reading and healing. It's freaking beautiful. I love it. And I love guiding people along in that journey. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, sign up with the link in the show notes or DM me and we can set up a time to chat through what that might look like for you. All right. Sending you lots of love and light. Back to the episode. I'll say that I think one of the reasons I've always danced and and took it beyond, you know, just those early childhood years of dancing Mm -hmm. is because I have a really strong mind Mm. and a mind, an inner critic that can actually be kind of harsh. Mm, I can relate. The journey of self-love, you know, that's like, I believe why we're all here. Mm -hmm. And for me, it really has been a journey of learning how to be kind to myself. Like I really connect kindness and love and and self-love. And so my, my journey with dance has really been defined. I think it has been a choice to choose love over and over again, to keep meeting myself and to keep finding ways out of the thoughts that aren't love, Mm -hmm. right. And into really honoring, knowing, and and feeling, knowing what love feels like and giving that to myself. And it's, yeah. it's a journey. It's ongoing, right? I'm still learning how yeah. to really absolutely always do that always yeah. right so it's like more and more subtle like refining like there's always layers too mm-hmm. like I think I like work through one thing and then it's like oh something else bubbles up to the surface that I was not even aware of or totally need to work through a little bit deeper and there's nuances to it too it's crazy totally mm-hmm. so many nuances so yeah I I think just you know self-love is is what ultimately led me here to Costa Rica right Mm -hmm. choosing health choosing to follow my heart and it's what brought us both here right what a manifestation I would love to know more about that so like what brought you to Costa Rica if you don't mind sharing your story with the listeners and because I know you've told me about it but it's such a cool story and I think it's really powerful because it has a lot to do with following your intuition doing what's best for your body and honoring that so totally totally yeah it's it's a really powerful story so it's interesting because what inspired me to move to Costa Rica was actually a podcast so whenever I get to do a podcast I really feel this like full circle gratitude. Mm. When I was living in New York, this was 2017, like the fall winter of 2017, I was working as a dance therapist in nursing homes. And I really, really loved that work. Like it was so dear to my heart. I was working with people with dementia and just the, the amount of, of love that could really fill a space with dance and movement was, Mm -hmm. was so beautiful. And after four or five years of doing that work, I started to feel really drained and depleted. And there were parts of me that were really unexpressed, like more wild parts of me, parts of me that were longing for nature. And ironically, working in the healthcare system in the States started to make me really sick. And my body, mm-hmm. for various reasons, started to 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 express autoimmune symptoms and what my symptoms looked like were really intense episodes of fatigue, body aches, Mm. um, food sensitivities, skin stuff, skin reactions. It was pretty full blown. And I was taking like eight supplements just to get through the day. Um, I had to make some significant changes in my diet. And I would notice that whenever I would leave New York, during that time, I would feel better. I took a couple of trips mm. to Boulder, you know, to California, and I would just feel better and like more like myself again when I was in nature. Yeah. And during that time, I was seeing a really amazing somatic therapist. Somatic means body-based. Soma is, is the word for body in Greek. So I was working mm. with a, a therapist that really understood embodiment work. And we had this really deep session where I really gave myself permission to say out loud, I don't want to live in New York anymore. And it sounds silly, but that actually felt like a really big deal for me because I was a born and raised New Yorker. All my family's there. Like it felt like really going against the grain. And I felt a lot of guilt and shame about it Mm -hmm. and fear of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, how could I leave this great life? Like my life was really good 
on the surface and also in a lot of really meaningful ways, but my body was like screaming, like you need to leave New York. Oh my gosh. I can relate to that. Right? Like I, that was something I actually talked about on one of my friends' podcasts was like, my life was really good in Minnesota and I had a really solid life. Like I could have stayed there. I could have been content, but like my intuition was like screaming at me, like move to Costa Rica, like do this. Like it's so going against the grain. It's like, doesn't even make like logical sense. But like, for me, it was like going from like this good life to like something that could be even better. And I think that's like, that's what my experience has been. I'm sure maybe yours has been that way too. I don't want to assume. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it takes such a leap of faith and such courage, right? To trust your own voice versus all the other voices or shoulds. Mm -hmm, And so it was really that moment. That was the turning point. And this therapist asked me, she said, what does your body want? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, after I had, you know, really touched into the grief and the permission of, I don't want to live in New York. It's like, I I didn't really like have visions at the time or know what that really was. And I just saw all this green and like felt I need to be in the ocean. I need to be, I need to feel the sun on my skin. I need to be dancing. And Mm -hmm. the way I describe it now is like, I was really able to identify the ingredients for health for me personally. And once I knew I was needing like beach sun warmth, Costa Rica manifested pretty quickly. And it was when I heard a podcast with a woman named Sophia Tom, who is the founder and creator of Danyasa Eco Retreat, which is very close to where we're sitting right now Mm -hmm. um, in Dominical. And I reached out to her. I heard her story. She's also a dancer, a dance therapist. And I said, I need to meet this woman. I reached out to her and I said, do you have any work studies or apprenticeships? And she did. And a few months later, I was on a plane moving to Costa Rica and leaving my whole New York life behind. And that was the beginning. Such a beautiful story. And I'm so happy you're here. Costa Rica is just such a beautiful place to be. And I'm sure you've had so much experience with that too. But just from the few times I've been here, I'm like, oh, there's so much expansion here. I love how feminine the energy is mm-hmm. here too, and how lush and abundant it is just being here. Yeah. And in this energy. So exactly. Yeah. I think it has so much like room for that. And that's why a lot of people come to retreats here too. I have a ton of friends that are coming to retreats here and that's what brought me to Costa Rica for yeah. the first time was a retreat. So yeah, the frequency, the energy of nature is so strong here and mm-hmm. I think less, less interfered with. So it can be really nourishing just to be here and feel that vibration, feel the nature, be nourished by it. Absolutely. Something you said that I think is super powerful that I just wanted to repeat was you said, what does your body need? Is that what she asked you? What does your body want? What does your body want? So I think that is super helpful to ask yourself, especially if you're like a chronic overthinker or like someone who's like tends to be anxious or like really up in their head. Like I'm speaking for myself. What does your body want? Like coming back into your body because your body knows best for you and your intuition is so connected to your body and how it feels. So I think that's a really powerful thing to connect to your intuition. And I'm curious, like for you, what has your relationship with your intuition looked like? And like, how has that developed? And how does that come through when you dance and like you get into these embodiment practices? Mm-hmm. Great question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think this, the moment we're talking about right now is a really formative moment for me and that it was such a big moment of trust. It's like what I would call an initiation, right? Like yeah. I really had to cross a threshold and trust only myself because mm-hmm. there were so many other opinions and voices at that time and going through that really stepping across that threshold and and seeing and experiencing like the wow just how much it opened up my life the expansion that you're talking about right like just how good it feels to be here Mm -hmm. really gave me a lot of faith and helped to strengthen my trust in myself and my intuition so you know, it's an ongoing practice. And sometimes, you know, we hear our intuition, we don't listen right away. Right. And then something kind of hits us over the head and we're like, Oh, I knew that right away. Like, of course I still have those moments. It's not a perfect science, but I will say that I, I feel like I have cultivated a relationship with my intuition where I've learned to really recognize what it feels like. And I experience it almost as like, it's like a more expansive or expanded feeling, or there's more breath. If I think about going this way or that way, it's like, Ooh, which one feels better? 
right? Mm. It's like kind of kind of navigating through feeling and and frequency. Yeah. And dance, you know, as a meditation practice can really help with that because when you have freedom on the dance floor to go whichever way you need to go, like you can practice, okay, which which way, you know, asking your body, okay, what do you want? Or which way do I go this way? Do I go that way? So yes, or this is a no. Mm-hmm. And the thing with intuition is that it's not rational at all. No, so not logical. Not logical. Like, yeah. So like we have to train ourselves to go deeper than the logic, even if it doesn't make sense, but it's like, take a left instead of a right. It's like, okay, because we don't know what's around that corner or what, right? Like what, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mystery is weaving for us in the greater picture. So it's very humbling and also really fun. Yeah. I, w- I want you to go a little bit more into like what like how dance is a meditation and like how med- how it's a meditative practice for you. Cause that is really intriguing to me. And maybe I've already done that and I just didn't realize that it was like a meditative practice, but can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. Yeah. So one way of thinking about meditation is not as something that we do, but something that we arrive into, right? There are different practices that help us arrive into our natural state, which is being, yeah, which is what we are right? And when we move our bodies to various types of music, it allows us to drop below our our habitual ways of being and thinking. Mm-hmm. So one of my teachers, Gabrielle Roth, who created something called the five rhythm, she would call the, our minds the chat room, right? And talk about how we spend so much time all the time in the chat room yeah, and in the familiarity of our personality. So we walk around with our usual habits and patterns of movement and in a movement meditation or an ecstatic dance, right? There's this permission, that word again, permission Mm -hmm. where we can just let go and move in a non-linear way Mm -hmm. unplanned, right? So we are kind of merging with that unified field of energy. Yeah. And there's a balance when we're, we're working with movement as a meditation between moving and being moved. So you have the kind of what would be called maybe the masculine principle of direction, of action, of like, like making something happen or shaping it and the feminine receptivity of listening, Mm. right. And being moved by spirit or by energy. And those two really come together in the dance in a way that allows the mind to get out of the driver's seat and for us to follow the current of energy and being. Wow. What a beautiful way to explain that. I'd never thought about it as like a blending of like masculine and feminine energy. Like to me, it felt like more feminine energy, Mm -hmm. but I think that you're right. There has to be some sort of like energy that's leading and then you're following. And even when you're just by yourself, it's like, you're still leading and following at the same time. It's so, so cool that that is exactly how it is. So that's kind of, I think now that you explain it that way, like when I've done ecstatic dance, I just went to dance church on Sunday mm-hmm. and I got to experience it again for the second time after I had the first time with you. And it is so amazing when you do give yourself permission to just mm-hmm. like let go and let the energy and spirit guide you because you're still like in your, I'm still thinking but I'm like more open to letting my body like flow naturally and let go and like intuition guide. And then you make like, for me, at least, since I am so cerebral all the time, like I'm making connections with like, Oh, like I need to like let go of this more. I need to work through this. And like being in like an environment like that, that's such a safe space allows that to happen and like come through to the surface without any judgment, without any expectation, without you're just surrendering to like whatever needs to bubble up to the surface. And I think dance in that way always gives you exactly what you need. Yeah. And exactly what you need to hear. Yeah. And yeah, I think I've experienced that. And I think other people should experience it because it's so cool and so amazing, especially if you're trying to learn how to connect to your intuition. Definitely. And you bring up a good point too, about like hearing and receiving messages, Mm -hmm. right? So meditation can be just like dropping into that state of beingness where the mind actually quiets and just like other types of meditation, like breath work, dancing in an improvisational freeform way to music actually allows us to 
be open to different kinds of thoughts, like more intuitive thoughts. So, you know, what people might call a download, mm. right? So you're opening up to a greater field of energy than what your usual day-to-day -day oh, yeah, yeah. is. And that's why you can hear, like, you know, you can get clarity on things in a dance. You can intentionally do a dance practice with a question in mind. Mm -hmm. And you might, you know, by, by getting into a flow state, get some really good insight. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind sharing a time where you maybe had like a question that you wanted clarity on and like how it came through? Mm, let me tune into that for a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking of a, of a specific instance where that that where that's happened. I've definitely done that a lot. I can't recall like a specific example. And there's an example I'm going to share now. And I'm not sure if it's like appropriate for the the podcast, but I'm just going to share it because it was pretty amazing. Okay. So an example of asking a question isn't coming to mind, but equally powerful. And for some reason, this is what's coming to me right now is there was a time when my period was two weeks late and that's happened to me before where it just like jumps, you know, and I, I wasn't sure if I was pregnant at that time, it was possible, but very unlikely that I was, Yeah, I was a little nervous about it, but I had an intuition that I probably wasn't pregnant. And after two weeks of just feeling, you know, so anxious and just in that, like wondering about my cycle, I decided to just do a dance ritual, like really with my womb. And I guess with the question, maybe this is the answer, you know, the question of like, what are you trying to tell me what's going on? And I did this really deep, powerful dance. I created a space for myself and there was a lot of, you know, tribal drums. And I really just allowed my pelvis to move and allow the energy to move. And I kid you not, like once when I completed that dance, my cycle was flowing and it had been two weeks of not. And so oh my gosh. it's, you know, that's an, a powerful example of how we can intentionally go into this practice and how dance can really move, not just physical energy, that's certainly part of it, but also mm -hmm. emotional energy, right? To really allow the flow. And, you know, every woman is different. Every person is different. Mm -hmm. So I'm not recommending anything here. Yeah. And I'm not making any medical claims here. This is just my experience of a really profound experience with, with an intentional, intentional ritual dance practice. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I am like, yeah, I'm like mind boggled, like the physical, <laughs> like release that happened from just creating a space for yourself like that and allowing the clarity to come through. And I feel like that's exactly what dance does in those ways. Like we were talking about, like it, it gives space for you to allow the clarity that you need to come through and speak to you in whatever way you need. And yeah, you can't question that like when you actually get your period. Okay, that's good. Anyways, I had I was gonna share too, like I had a really powerful experience on Sunday where I went into it like wanting to my whole intention was like to open to receive and also connect to source energy because I'm listening to ask and it is given. Have you read that? I'm listening to it right now on Audible. And I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open to receive to connect to source energy. That's what I want this to be about. And I had some cacao too before. And I was opening to receive, but it wasn't in the way that like I logically thought. Yeah. Like I was uh -huh. like, oh, you know, like I'm gonna be like so open and like maybe I'll even like dance with other people and like connect with other people in that way. But it was more about like coming within. It's always like that for me, especially right now. I'm like in a season of like coming within and like learning how to trust myself and like be in my own space and accept all sides of myself too because I had a lot of self-criticism coming up to the surface mm -hmm. as I was dancing like I'd let myself go and then I'd start to get into my head because I was like watching other people and I was observing and then I was like well why can't I be like that and then it's like well no this is exactly like it was like this cycle of like okay now I'm self-criticizing like have compassion with yourself come within accept yourself like it was also like a release of like anger too. Like I hold a lot of resentment in my body. And like, I think 
compare myself to other people and like criticize myself. So it was like letting go because I don't allow myself to express anger very often. Like Mm -hmm. I hold it all within, which ends up being like resentment towards myself and other Mm -hmm. people. And I was like letting go of anger. And like, so it wasn't exactly logically what I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought I was going to be open with other people, but it was like, no, like I need to like open with myself and like trust myself and like accept myself and Mm -hmm. in my wholeness with all those little sides of myself mm-hmm. so yeah. I had like a big release at the end too like crying yeah. and like letting it all out and it felt so cleansing yeah so yeah it was yeah. exactly what I needed not how I like intellectually thought but like intuitively the way it yeah. planned out was beautiful and exactly as it should be so okay I have to tell you about one of my favorite apps that I use on the reg it's called audible If you haven't heard of it, it's a place where you can enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. And me being the curious girl that I am, I want to literally know about anything, everything, all the time. So it's a great place for me to be able to listen to audiobooks about self-development, personal growth. Like I just got done with The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. Freaking loved it. She's the best. Talking about manifestation, spirituality, trusting and surrendering to the universe. But you can literally listen to anything from bestsellers, mysteries and thrillers, wellness, business, and so much more. Something I really also love about Audible is they have access to thousands of podcasts and also exclusive new series. So I know I listened to one from Mel Robbins and there's a few on there that I really love and those tend to be free, which is awesome. So if this is sounding interesting to you, As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog that they offer. First 30 days are free as a member. So this app makes it super easy to listen to anytime, anywhere, traveling, working out. Like I love to listen to it while I'm driving, getting chores done, you know me, multitasking, learning all the things while also getting stuff done. So if this sounds like something you would like to take part in, you can go to audibletrial.com slash elevate with Elena to begin your free trial. Happy listening. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, the, what you just described, like that ceremonial aspect of dance, like mm-hmm. every time we go into this practice, it's like stepping into the unknown, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's mm-hmm. like stepping into a mini hero's journey or metamorphosis. And we never know what we're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. So you had an intention, right? And we don't know how that's going to manifest. And that's why it can be really edgy for people too. And people are often like resistant or self-conscious to dance because Mm -hmm. we have to, we have to let go of some of our personality structures, you know, to go into the unknown and go into that journey. And on the dance floor, there's space and permission for us to move in ways we don't normally get to. So those parts, those angry parts, Mm -hmm. right? Like the grief parts, like the more shadowy aspects of ourselves, it really is like going into the unconscious, which is, you know, the, the body stores it all. Yep. So it has space to come, to come up and out and to transform, to Mm -hmm. optimize, right. To release. So you can feel, feel lighter and brighter on the other side of it. And that's why part of why it's so healing and nourishing is because those parts of us really get to come out and and be expressed Mm. and bring us Mm -hmm. into greater wholeness. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, couldn't say, couldn't have said it better myself. I think that was a beautiful way of explaining that experience for me and how it, it always is when you're on the dance floor. If you are open to receive and like allow that to come through, it is super powerful. So I would love to know more about how you have created space for women particularly, because I know that's something you work through like women empowerment and that can come through with dance, but like, how do you work with people in those arenas? Yeah. Well, you know, they say that we end up teaching or sharing like what's been our greatest challenge. Right. And like Mm -hmm. so many, like the, one of the core themes of my own life and path has been to find empowerment really to come into right moving out of any threads or shreds of victim consciousness into sovereignty into empowerment and so that is what most people come to me for to work work with in in the dance movement space 
I do work with men sometimes too, but mm-hmm. most of my, my group programs are for women. Yeah. And I offer an annual dance leadership training that I would say is, is much more than just a training. It really is an initiation in itself. And when I offered it the first year, I, it was open to all genders. Yeah. And the only people who showed up were like these badass women who were <laughs> like either already facilitating dance and wanting to deepen or were curious or were just going through their own transformational growth. And it's really a range of, of people and women that I get to work with. But I would say that the, the theme is that the people that often find me are people who are, are ripe to really come alive again. Like they've, mm. they've often gone through a difficult period of tests in their life or, you know, especially with what's been going on in the world, people find me and they just are, you know, they've really been drained or just kind of, you know, like beaten down by the world, like maybe mm-hmm. losing hope or like lo- losing that spark of creativity and yeah. they have this intuition or sense that dance can help them. And I'm like, yeah, I can, like, let's go, you know, <laughs> let's, let's do it. And then we start moving the body in a regular uh-huh. way, whether it's a one-on-one client or in a group container, you know, we're just making space for life to flow through us. And and that's really the magic. And then mm-hmm. creativity starts flowing again. Joy starts coming back, right? They're just more tapped into their intuition and yeah. to what's actually life-giving for them, for their path. I love that. How do you work with people that do struggle with like letting go and like that resistance that you were kind of talking about? Because I mean, if I were to like go to an ecstatic dance, say like five years ago, I would have probably been like self-conscious the whole entire time. Like so focused on like what my body's doing, what other people think of me. Like, I feel like I'm just recently stepping into like living more authentically and like letting go of expectation and of everyone and myself and so I don't think that's like always the case though when people step into these spaces and especially if they're going through a hard time wanting to work with you and feel more empowered so like how do you work with people through that yeah I mean I I think everyone's a little different and at the same time it's like the same map yeah you know Uh so like different ways of getting there yeah (laughs) and different like expressions of the resistance whether it's fear or doubt or Mm -hmm. self-consciousness so I think, you know, normalizing it, like, because often people who feel like, oh, I can't dance or I'm self-conscious, it's like, they think there's something wrong with them Mm. and just reminding them, like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's totally human. It's totally normal to be feeling this way. It's actually a good sign because when there's resistance, that often means that there's some gold on the other side of that or some opportunity for expansion or discovering a new part of yourself. So like just kind of holding their hand through it. And, you know, obviously it's a little different if it's someone who's coming to me one-on-one or if it's in a community ecstatic dance, but I think also having guidelines like at group ecstatic mm-hmm. dance containers, having the guidelines of safety of like, okay, there's no talking here. Right. And, you know, it's more about how it feels and how it looks inviting people to close their eyes at times, knowing there's not going to be any cell phones or cameras or videos on, on the dance floor of photos those are some of the, the structures that can help people drop in and know that they can just relax and let go. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about the guidelines as being like, kind of like a, a way to create a safe space, but it totally is. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like if I knew people were taking videos and pictures, I probably would feel a little more self. Oh yeah. It's I'm like, I don't know where that's going or like, what do I look like in that? And yeah, it totally just allows for you to like be in the moment and yeah. let go of hopefully let go of like some of that self-conscious that like doubt fear judgment that you're kind of speaking to it's super important yeah Yeah, that that makes total sense now that you say that I want to get more into your DJing as well because that's something like I'm super interested in doing like I'm I'm going to I keep talking about it but I am going to buy a DJ starter yes yes like I've been embracing my relationship with dance lately more than I used to I don't know if I've told you this maybe but I was a dancer going on you mentioned this yeah and my relationship with dance is like very much so transformed because I used to be a competitive dancer and it like really was very structured and so for other people and so for this like like always feeling like I needed to be better and like I needed to be more and I was never like good enough it was always like trying to work harder but dance is like now 
a place where I can, I guess I didn't even realize, but meditate and be myself and <laughs> connect to my intuition and open up my heart to trust and surrender. So I don't even know where I was getting with that, but dance and DJing, they seem to go really hand in hand. I don't know how you got into DJing. First, I would love to know how you got into DJing yeah. and how that's like come into like the dance world for you too. Cause music is, I mean, we all know is very powerful and connected yeah. to the soul. So yeah, totally. I mean, cultures, every culture around the world has, you know, some kind of, of ceremonial dance or drum right music like these are some of the most ancient mm -hmm. human technologies for community healing and moving into altered states of consciousness so just like normalizing that first yeah and I relate to you so much thank you for sharing about your mm -hmm. journey with dance I was a professional dancer too for many years before I went into the field of dance therapy and everything it's led to now and there was a time in my early 20s where I had to stop dancing professionally because it was just really taking a toll on my body and on my psyche. Yeah, you know, the mindset, it can really wear on you that always like never good enough, that perfectionist mentality. So mm -hmm. it was during a pause, I took a, a step back from, from dancing professionally. And that was when I discovered a practice called the five rhythms that has been, become really formative for how I both practice dance and how I, I facilitate and guide spaces mm. and the five rhythms is a movement meditation it was developed by an amazing woman named gabrielle roth who passed away in 2012 i had the honor of meeting her in really? new york city and getting to know her in her final years before she passed away and i think that's probably a story maybe for the next podcast but yeah but the five rhythms is a really amazing body of work and that what that woke up in me was my desire to share that practice, but also the, the knowing in me that dance was really my path and that mm -hmm. there was a healthier way to approach dance. So it was more expansive than what I had thought, which was just about performance and how it looks. So that led me into dance therapy. And I worked for many years as a clinical dance therapist. I actually got my master's in dance movement therapy and went really? the academic route that led me to working in nursing homes and hospitals. So I did you know, a lot of work with people with dementia, dance therapy is really powerful in supporting people who have any sort of, you know, challenges with communication because of the nonverbal elements mm -hmm. of it. And then you heard this, you know, the story of how I moved to Costa Rica. And when I got to Costa Rica, I was able to transfer a lot of those group work skills, right. And musical skills to guiding ecstatic dances. And yeah. so this is all leading back to the DJ in question, but, yeah. but it's all it kind of, how it all how, like intertwines yeah. and yeah, it came to be. Yeah. So for my first, you know, two or three years of hosting ecstatic dance, I was just using playlists, like just on Spotify playlists, hour and a half long playlist, shaping the journey, really working, creating the playlist, creating, creating the yeah. playlist myself, curating it, working with the transitions. And I'm already kind of doing that. I already have been doing that because yeah. I was, I don't know if you know this about me, but maybe I mentioned it. I was a fitness instructor for like six years. So like, cool. that was like one of my favorite things about actually yeah. coaching yeah. and instructing yeah. class is like getting to create the playlist. Like, how do I want the vibe to be in this part of the class versus this part? And like, you really can create like a space of like a journey almost like yeah. with the way that you curate your music and your playlist so yeah can totally, totally. I love that. That, you know you just made the movement of a wave the shape of a wave yeah. and that is the shape of the five rhythms and the shape that I yeah, yeah. I primarily use so you're mm -hmm. already tapping in and like I can see in your face like yeah. when you're lighting up I'm like, so like excited the joy of creating yeah. a playlist right and finding like amazing music there's nothing like it yeah and so you know in the ecstatic dance world you know you typically have like you know like real, real live, like grown up DJs with the controller, like the big DJ, you know, technology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was able to pull it off just with playlists without DJing for many years. And then I did get to a point as an artist, as a guide, where I started to feel like, oh, you know, I'd really love to shorten this track a little bit. I wonder what would happen if I mixed these two tracks together. And so for me, yeah. it was kind of just an organic progression and, and really knowing this is my path. And that I, I had and have the capacity to bring even more if I were able to learn this skill. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do a DJ training program actually last year called PhDJ. That is a really awesome 
way to learn how to DJ with my friend and now mentor Tasha Blank. She's an incredible DJ and she's a priestess in her own right. She's amazing. So I went through that program, which Mm -hmm. for me was a beautiful way to integrate, you know, my background in both dance therapy and shamanic work with the skill of DJing. And does she do that as well? Is that kind of like what does she have like a spiritual background as well? She does. Yeah. Okay. She's really tapped in. Yeah. And- Cause I mean, like people think of like DJ, like there's so many different kinds of DJs. I feel like people like logically, like you go to like, okay, like DJ at a festival. Like I, why can't I think of anyone? Dylan Francis or is that one of them? I'm like blinking. I don't know that DJ. <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Francis. Yeah. I know he is. I'm just overthinking yeah. it now. Like Kygo, Flume, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. ones that you like yeah. here at, yeah. which some of them I love too, but I think it's so interesting. I've never like really thought about it until I came and saw you and saw you in your element of like DJing in like a spiritual way. Like there is like mm-hmm. something to it. Mm-hmm. And it's super cool when you can like combine different modalities like that so yeah I'm really totally um in PhDJ like our title like the title that we like take on it's it, it's DJ witch you know DJ which witch. is like so badass it's like yeah. okay, I'm a DJ witch right and uh-huh. it's like I love it because it's like super playful and it, it really speaks to that that bridging right of, yeah of movement and of a skill that is like pushing buttons and really technical and on one level this whole techie thing but also really deep ceremony. Like when you're DJing, you are like steering the spaceship, Mm -hmm. you know, you are really working with energy and that's why you can feel the difference between someone who's just standing there pushing buttons and someone who's like really like channeling energy for a room and a space, transmuting it and alchemizing it. And so this is something that I am increasingly passionate about and I'm Mm -hmm. relatively new as like a technical DJ, but you know, energetic hygiene which is something maybe you talk about on other podcasts is mm-hmm. it's really a thing on dance floors because yeah so many bodies and you know energies moving around and so to approach it in a really sacred way I think only can elevate the experience mm. I want to say one more thing and then I want to ask you about energetic hygiene so yeah. another thing that I think has really like drawn me to wanting to DJ and you can probably relate to this too but since I've curated these playlists for fitness classes my friends have also asked me a lot of the time to like curate playlists for like events. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, like a bachelorette party or a wedding or a party bus, like mm-hmm. I've been a part of a lot of those things. And like, I will always get feedback from people like you played exactly like what we needed to hear. Or you can like play off the energy too. Mm-hmm. like if I'm like, OK, people need to like be a little bit more lively, like we'll get people going. And it's, it is total energetic work, like yeah, yeah. being able to like pick exactly what you know will change the energy of a room and like getting to actually see that is like almost like it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever witnessed so that's why I'm super excited about DJing and I know you can do that you can create this like yeah I've already said journey but like you can play with energy with the music oh totally and in a space especially with music right because it's all energy and DJing is a really intuitive art you know it's Mm -hmm. like every time I DJ I have my set list, I have my plan. And then I always have to be willing to let go of that plan and, you know, throw in a track. If, you know, I see the room is really enjoying like a more intense beat, right. I might want to put in another track or I'm like, okay, they're done. Like they're, they've emptied out. Okay. Exactly. Now it's time for a lighter move and or lighter mood or, or track. And so I talk about this in my training is like, right. Being, being ready for anything and being willing to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could get really technical about it and talk about, you know, music organization as a DJ and like being, you know, having your tracks ready to like, you know, organize and ready to, to jump in. It really requires like a, a high level of presence, which is what I love about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple I've DJed for and they do something called activations mm-hmm. where they just channel, like they just channel light language and they're with music and and you so know, are they speaking movement, to them both like they okay. kind of start with like a movement warm-up and then one of them will come in with like this you know guided meditation and some you know some light language and it keeps me on my toes because I am DJing for them so I have to be so present and there's like really you know I can plan generally for them but I really have to be like just like a fine-tuned instrument listening to like mm-hmm. hey what is this next moment need how to when do I turn down the bass? When do I turn up the volume? Like it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's like a science and an art coming together. 
That's so cool. It's like masculine and feminine energy. Exactly. So beautiful. I would love to get a little bit more into the energetic hygiene. Okay. And just like, how can that apply to like people in their lives too? Because like, Mm -hmm. I know like we're talking about like DJing, like dance spaces, but like, is there like tangible takeaways for people with like their own energetic hygiene? Because I get this question all the time. It's like, how do I protect my energy? Yeah. Definitely. I'll start with dance floors and then see how that, that translates to mm-hmm. the personal day to day. So, right. If you just imagine a room full of people like moving their bodies, their breath, like their emotions, right. It's a lot of stuff yeah. moving. And so I, I have found that, you know, it really makes a difference who's DJ. Mm-hmm. like the, the, the consciousness, the awareness of the person driving the spaceship right? The kind of music they're playing can bring out different things, different vibrations, right? So it's like sometimes at a festival or wherever you are, you might hear like, you know, a certain flavor of music and be like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to go over there. You can feel right. It can get like a little dark or like, Oh, Oh, I really feel that vibe. Like I want to go there. It's all vibration. And so every DJ is different and every dancer is different. Dancers are drawn to different things. But the way I experience the practice of ecstatic dance is that it really is a ceremony. So just in the way you might purge in a plant medicine ceremony, right? Like something comes up and out, the same thing happens in ecstatic dance, right? Where like, actually Mm -hmm. you had a, you know, you shared, you had some tears come out, right? Like that's a purge. And so stuff is actually moving out of the body. And so depending on your constitution, like you might be really sensitive. I find sometimes I'm really sensitive. So if I'm dancing, I sometimes like to stay on the outside of the space. That's what I usually do too, because I'm very sensitive as well. Yeah. And it depends. And on I like space to be able too. to like remove myself from the space easily and like leave, especially if I feel like my bubble is getting invaded. I'm like, okay, I'm going to slowly inch out and then come back in and Totally. feels more like in control in that way totally totally so discernment always like not just mm-hmm. on the dance floor but wherever you are in the world is a great practice to really be practicing right what am I feeling does it feel good to move this way or that way like all <laughs> yeah. of these skills that that translate right and so and again you know it really depends who's guiding because there are there are ecstatic dance teachers five rhythms teachers who I could be anywhere on their dance floor and feel safe because for you know whatever reason they're holding such a strong container Mm. that it's it's just different and I've gone to other dances you know with with DJs that are calling in stuff and I'm like I don't even want to be in this room right now I start to get a headache so calling in like what like different archetypes you Mm -hmm. know that maybe feel good to them and in my body I'm like oh I can feel the energy shift and I don't really want to be in this room ah yeah so just I think it always comes down to trusting yourself you know Mm -hmm. like it's both. It's like having discernment, trusting yourself and also not taking it all too seriously. Like we're here to dance, right? We're here to play. Like, yeah. That's also fine. You know, and we have tools we can go home and cleanse and clear, but it is, it is a ceremony. I think some people overlook that and it's something I'm very passionate about. And then I talk about a lot with my students. Yeah. I love that you think about it as a ceremony. And I will say when I think back to like the experience I had with your excited dance, and the way that you held the space, like you held a very safe space. Like I was like in that, that time I was like traveling all around the room, taking up so much space. And I felt like I totally could do that there. So that was really cool to like, hear you say that. And then actually like know what that felt like. You do hold a very like safe space and a safe container for people to let go and like open up and be big mm-hmm. I think we always play so small that yeah. was like my intention yeah. going into that one it was like I want to be big I want to be expansive and that's how I felt beautiful in your space so oh, I'm really glad to hear that yeah I want to say one more thing about personal energetic hygiene yeah. which like also connects to this practice which is about right feeling and tracking in the body what we're feeling mm-hmm. and I think this practice can can help us really know what's what is us like what we feel like right like filling up with our own energy with ourselves, and then knowing when you know either an emotion that is ours that's stuck needs to move right then we have a space to do it like or if we start feeling like a headache or something weird or like having thoughts that are like wait this isn't really mine then we, we know like okay maybe we pick something up and then we come to our whatever tools we have to clear which might be getting our feet on the earth using some sage right doing a meditation mm-hmm. there are various meditations my friend melanie has some really great cleansing energy meditation so mm-hmm. you know there are resources out there that you can use to 
clear energy. And I'm sure you, you probably have a lot of information on that. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you for sharing that. I'm curious, like to just go a little bit deeper into that. Like, what do you do as far as like coming back into your own energy? Like, how do you, and it might not be something super like tangible to be able to explain it, but like, how do you personally come back into like your own self and like recognize when it's like not your own energy? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, if I'm feeling a little bit off, I would say, or having like repetitive thoughts or thoughts that just don't feel helpful, it can sometimes be like, okay, this really isn't me. This mm-hmm. isn't, it's like more of a felt sense of like, I need to clear some energy or I'm yeah. feeling a little too reactive or something. For me, getting into nature is one of the most helpful things, getting mm-hmm. in the ocean, getting in the river, just like, boom, like allowing it to move. Water is so cleansing. Water. Yeah. And then just like the simple, simple phrases of command, like may, may all that does not belong here, like any lower vibrations or thought forms that don't belong here that, that aren't like true to my essence, be gone, be gone now. And it sounds simple, right? Um, mm-hmm. but I do believe in the power of declaration and like affirming yes. and declaring, right. I am sovereign. I am free. Mm-hmm. Like claiming, claiming our space is really powerful. Yes. Those are really powerful tools. I do use those a lot, especially working with people with energy healing and being able to clear like before and after and all of that. So sometimes I like forget I do it because it's so like in my practice that I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, I do do that. I just like forget that. Like it's just so like natural yeah. now that it yeah. becomes like a habit. I think we really do know what our essence feels like. And yes. that's what is why it feels so good to dance. Like we start getting back into that. So I think just, you know, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Listen. Absolutely. Okay. I would love to now switch gears and go into the offerings that you provide for specifically women. Because I know you have your flight school and that is targeted towards women. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. And I mean, I've seen the things that you posted about it. It looks like such a powerful initiation, like you said, and a way to connect with your intuition, feel empowered when you're working through literally anything you're going through, but like, I think particular when you are knowing that you need some transformation Mm -hmm. and to work through some growth and do that in a safe space with other like-minded, like-hearted people. Yes. So yeah. Tell me more about flight school. Yeah. All the details. Yeah. I would love (laughs) to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the name flight school, like what does that mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Taking flight for me really means believing in the magic of life right believing in the power of the soul and our intuition and Mm -hmm. and expanding into that part of us and my journey in Costa Rica has inspired kind of the framing for the movement work I'm doing now which is under the header of mariposa movement and mariposa is butterfly in Spanish so you know we're really working with this archetype of transformation Mm. I didn't even know you were going to say that and I'm glad that I said transformation (laughs) (laughs) so you know really working with the the symbol of the butterfly which is so relevant to these times I really feel like we're moving out of right this like denser way of being Mm -hmm. what I call caterpillar consciousness into our Mm -hmm. butterfly blueprint and really taking flight and going through the chrysalis right? As more and more people are waking up to what's happening. Yeah. So that's such a beautiful way of explaining it. Yeah. Yeah. This really came through really just, you know, from, from this land, from this powerful mm-hmm. land of Costa Rica, my experience is here. And so flight school is, is really the deepest offering at Mariposa movement. And it's an annual dance leadership training. Mm-hmm. However, many of the women who have have done this program we're in our second year now and i'm already enrolling for next year for 2024 which begins in april i would say it's really a mix of women who either know that they want to facilitate ecstatic dance and deepen in that right or are already doing it and women who are are new to the practice and just are like, I have to do this. Like, I want to be on this journey. I am rebirthing myself. Mm-hmm. I may never mm-hmm. lead or guide a dance, but I've got to jump into this. And many of them end up leading anyway, because they get so inspired by the experience we meet on Zoom for it's a nine month training. So it really is a full birth, rebirth journey for, for, for yourself. And there are two retreats in Costa Rica. And it really is such a special offering that's so dear to my heart 
and there's limited space. There are only 10 spots. So if you hear this and you're like, yes, I want to jump in. <laughs> now is really the time because enrollment is already moving along. Okay. Love that. I have a couple of questions, of course, because I always do. <laughs> so for the, so this is all virtual, mm-hmm. except for the retreats mm-hmm. that are in Costa Rica. And are those like mandatory? Are they like, are you paying for the retreats when you sign up for the program or how does that work? Yeah. So it's, it's all included in, you know, in the, the cost of the program. Mm-hmm. I thought about giving an option to just participate on zoom mm-hmm. and I may open it up for that if there really is demand and people want to mm-hmm. join, but the, the experiences in Costa Rica are are so central to the experience and just the the amount of transformation that can happen here on the ground, as you yeah. know, the support of the nature. We do a cacao ceremony. We do a temescal, which is a sweat lodge, which is a you know a really powerful ceremony with a fire and stones and sweating and and as well as all of the dance magic that happens. So I really encourage people to come to the retreats mm-hmm. because it really is a full journey. So two retreats, are they like at different times in the year then? So we start around the spring equinox this year. We'll start a little later in April, April 1st. And then our first retreat is at the end of June, close to the solstice. And that's when we really go into the chrysalis. So each trimester of the program is, you know, caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly. So in June, we really kind of release our old self, our caterpillar self through ritual and dance and learning we go into the chrysalis and then we're back on zoom for five or six months. And it's really nice because now we've met in person and mm-hmm. the group, you know, feels really strong and connected. And we've all like looked into each other's actual eyes yeah. not on, on screen. And <laughs> so it really deepens the group. And then they come back in December and we have our graduation. Each person has a chance to actually guide their own dance ceremony, which is part of why I limit the group to 10 in yep. person because it's it ends up being a really full and, and beautiful weekend. I want to be sure everyone has time to really be received. Wow. Oh, that sounds incredible. Yeah, what really, a beautiful really offering. Beautiful. Yes. I love the way that you explain like the progression of things and like there is such like, a power to have people be in person too. Like I think, I mean, we can probably all relate to that, especially with COVID, like yeah. being so disconnected and everything being virtual to like be able to come together and share in those experiences. There's definitely nothing like that. So lots of transformation happening in there. One more thing I would love to get into is you've mentioned a couple of these aspects like in your program, but like the earth and nature and how that all like ties into what you do too. Cause I know you said there's like some elements of like fire and obviously earth and water. And I just want to know more about that. Cause I don't actually know a ton about how the elements and all of that ties into dance and what you provide. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when we're talking about the body, we're not separate from nature, mm-hmm. right? It's like a really fun little human illusion to be like, we're the humans and like, we're special and we're different, but we're <laughs> not like we're, we're made up of the earth, of the water, the fire, the air, right? All the elements are, are within us. And so movement is one way to tap into our wild self, into our wild essence, right? Even if you're in an apartment in New York city, like many of the women who dance with me on Zoom <laughs> or come to retreats, you know, you can still tap into that wildness and that nature that right is so like prevalent here in Costa Rica. You know, we're living in a really powerful time on our planet where whether or not like we know what's going on, right? There are so many theories we can all feel there's like a big shift happening and we're waking up and I feel like the earth is like reaching up her arms and like calling us all home, you know, mm-hmm. and dance is one of those pathways home to our hearts, to the knowledge within us, to our intuition, which connects us to nature. And there's another movement practice that has been really central to my path. That's called continuum. Mm-hmm. And I I won't go into it too much right now, just for time, but the founder, the woman who developed that practice, another amazing teacher, her name is Emily Conrad. And she has been known to say that movement is not what we do, but it's who we are. Mm -hmm. And Maya Angelou, the, the poet says, everything has a rhythm, everything dances. 
So, you know, nature is like always in this like pulsation of life, right? Like right now we can hear the cicadas Mm -hmm. buzzing, right? It's like, we look at a tree and we think it's static, but it's actually moving and there are ants crawling up it and the tree is actually breathing and like Mm -hmm. everything is alive. And so dance is actually the language of the universe. Mm. It's actually how we tap into everything. And so when we dance, we're sort of like dissolving the illusion, right, of of separation and and moving closer to what is, which is this unified field of energy that's always in flow and motion and and a kind of fluid system. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can I don't even have words for that. The way you explained that was so good. So beautiful. Yeah, I no words. I would love to just tap into your intuition a little bit more. Leave one last message. One last message for the listeners, and then we can share all of your ways to get connected. So what's coming through is trust yourself. You know, you know exactly what's best for you, you know exactly which way to go. And all it takes is tuning in tapping in, maybe take inspiration from this podcast and dance, even if you're just sitting in your car, right? Or in the kitchen, use this as a new tool to add more clarity, add more joy, more vitality to your day-to-day life. And remember that, right? Often what's stressing us out is not worth our stress. Sometimes it is, sometimes there are things, right? That are you know, that, that are difficult in life, but a lot of the time we don't need to be as stressed out as we are. And dance can really help you stay in that, you know, lighter, more carefree way of being in your heart and, and being the change that we are all here to be. Mm. Again, no words. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just come through. <laughs> Just come through. Yeah. We're channeling right now. Share ways that people can connect with you and your beautiful soul. Thank Tell you them. so yeah. much. Of course. Um, for being here. I'm so grateful to be here. This has been such a fun conversation. I feel mm-hmm. like we could keep going for two hours. Seriously. <laughs> we will get to you. Yeah, we'll have to totally. record another one at some point. Totally. totally. <laughs> yeah, this has been great. You can find me on Instagram at aliza.rivka or mariposa.movement. And both of those are also on my website, Aliza rifka.com mariposamovement.com feel free to send me a message on either platform i would love to connect with you i would love to support you on your embodiment and awakening journey and thank you so much elena for having me thank you so much for being here seriously all that you've shared and all that you have expressed and felt here has is going to be felt by the listeners and you it's seriously been such a value to me to have you and be in your presence mm-hmm. and actually do this in person. I know, we, I know we tried like several we times. No, I know, but we were going to do it virtually. Totally. And now we were like, let's do it in person. Like I'm moving to Costa Rica. So yeah. I think this has been such a blessing to have yeah. you here. And totally so much synchronicity, timing. so much alignment. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you for trusting yourself and your body. Thanks. Thank you for trusting yours. And thank you for trusting yours out there too. We love you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And just like that, you have finished another episode of Elevate with Elena. Thank you so, so much for being here and showing up for yourself today. How can you support this community? I'm so glad you asked. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you're loving, what's not working so much, so that I can make this the best space for you to be able to show up, to learn, to grow, and continue on in your own self-love journey. This is what it's all about. And if you know someone else out there who could use this inspiration, these messages, please share it out to them. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon.